This Thacker Slate podcast is hosted by Connie Thacker and Allison Slate, two experienced attorneys who believe honesty, transparency, and knowledge are key to achieving the best legal outcomes. A variety of topics, particularly those related to sensitive family law matters, are candidly covered by Connie and Allison, other Thacker Slate attorneys, and guests in a refreshing, timely, and practical way for listeners. Welcome to the Thacker Slate podcast. I'm here uh, with Allison Slate, my partner. I'm Connie Thacker. And the topic that we're going to talk about today is post-nuptial agreements, not to be confused with prenuptial agreements, which happen prior to the marriage and post-nuptial agreements that happen while you're married. Okay. So this is the scenario that the marriage date has passed. You're now a married couple and now reality hits. And there's issues and concerns over finances. There's issues and concerns over how to to parent your children. And there's issues and concerns over who's caring for what within the household. So what is a postnuptial agreement? A postnuptial agreement is a contract and it's between spouses. And it should be made in contemplation of marriage for it to be valid. That means that it's intended to make the marriage work, not intended to be a pathway to divorce court. Uh, generally speaking, those postnuptial agreements are going to address how you're going to deal with your financial affairs during your marriage going forward, including the payment of joint bills. You're going to decide um, who's going to own which property, kind of the yours, mine, ours uh, scenario where you figure out how things are going to be titled and what someone may end up with if you're not able to save the marriage. And you're going to resolve what happens to separate property or joint property when either of you uh, leave the marriage, whether that's by divorce or death. Uh, It's really just a predetermination of property division, support issues, and even attorney's fees issues that might occur if you end up in a divorce scenario. So the difference between a prenup and a postnuptial agreement is a prenuptial agreement happens before you're married. And a postnuptial agreement happens after you're already married. Uh, For a long time in Michigan, postnuptial agreements were not valid. And the reason was because the courts had determined that postnuptial agreements are always in consideration of divorce. They're never to promote the marriage. They're never to save the marriage. And so they would uh, pretty systematically turn them down. Fast forward a few years, and there's a recent Michigan Court of Appeals decision that took a completely different approach. And it might have been the facts of that scenario, but we'll go through them and and you can decide whether this is your scenario. Uh, The parties had negotiated a prenuptial agreement. They spent 16 months leading up to their marriage negotiating, negotiating that agreement. And lo and behold, the day of the marriage, someone sent an email. And the email completely un wound the deal. So the parties decided to get married anyways. Their family and friends were already gathered there to see them married. So they did. And a month later, they ended up negotiating that prenuptial agreement into a postnuptial agreement because they were already married. Fast forward again, four years later, wife files for divorce. And the husband argues that the agreement was not valid because it was a postnuptial agreement, relying on all of the case law that had come before that. And the court said, no, this case is different because this case was intended to promote a harmonious marital relationship and keep the marriage together. And that's what made the difference. Looking at the language of the party's post-wedding prenup, the court found that it was not made in contemplation or in furtherance of divorce. And instead, it was, de- it was designed 
to define and clarify the party's rights. It even included a mandated cooling off period and that the parties attend marital counseling before either one of them could file for divorce. So those are some of the significant differences that your postnuptial agreement's going to have to deal with to convince the court that in fact it was to preserve the marriage and not in contemplation of divorce. So when should you be thinking about a postnuptial agreement? Well, it's at a time when you're not thinking about a divorce. It's at a time where maybe there's stress in the marriage, but you both think that you can work through it. And that is going to be the key difference. If you are thinking about divorce or if someone has filed for divorce, dismiss the action, and it's clear that that's the direction that you're headed, you're going to have a harder time defending that postnuptial agreement. It can be a really useful tool to help you get through difficult situations that may come up in your marriage. But the other thing that you really have to understand, and I know that Connie usually uh, hammers on these issues, is that the other way to make this agreement enforceable is to make sure both parties are represented. It is an expensive uh, cost to have, but in the grand scheme of the assets to be divided and the assets to protect, it's probably worth it if you're a business owner or if you have significant retirement assets. So you want to make sure that you're both represented. You want to make sure that you understand the assets that you have. One spouse cannot be kept in the dark. You can't just go into an agreement and say, well, I think they have this retirement account, or I think their business might be worth that. You really have to hone in on what is the value of that business and know exactly what you're giving up to make it valid. Uh, The other thing that can invalidate prenups, but certainly don't apply to postnups, is that they're uh, made under duress, a threat to cancel the wedding, a threat to do something else. And I guess we don't know yet from the case law on postnups, but the same could be uh, probably invoked in postnuptial relationships too. Some threat to do something if you don't sign this agreement. So those are the things to avoid. Connie, anything else? I think just one final thing that I would add is just remember when you do the postnuptial agreement, you cannot leave the other party in a really bad position in the event of a divorce. It almost has to be a relatively even balanced agreement. You can't just have winner take all in the event of a divorce. Thank you for listening to this episode of our Thacker Slate podcast. If you have additional questions, do not hesitate to contact us at 616-888-3810 or visit our website, thackerslate.com, for further information.